1: Hey, Chicago, what do you say? This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sports book. Download the app and use code CHGO. When you sign up, Corey Friedman, Brian Herrera, Cody Stuckmeyer. There it is. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Look, Domendo. How'd I do? Grade me again. Here we go. Uh, That was good. Solid B. Was it better than last time? That was good. It was better than last time. Oh, yes. We're improving. You're you're really morphing into your job Luke. Is, is it's in jeopardy, Luke. It's in it's in jeopardy, Luke. Um, Practice makes perfect. Thank you, thank you. Uh, welcome everyone, Luke. Uh, everyone say in the chat should uh, tell Luke to feel better. He is not feeling well. That is why I'm I'm being uh, Cody Stuckmeyer today. Feel um, better, Luke. Love you, Luke. Yeah, but you know Luke's out, but but Corey Corey's here at Corey underscore Cubs. Shout yes, out man. to you. Back from LA. From LA. Um, and uh, Ryan, obviously. Of course. Right here. Ryan nice. underscore A underscore Herrera. And I am Cody underscore CHGO. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, there's a lot of baseball news, uh, which is great because, you know, October was just a brutal, brutal time for me. And I'm, I'm happy to have things to talk about. Hmm. So, uh, shall we start with, uh, you know, the thing everyone's kind of talking about with uh, Saya and Cody uh, Sanga? Sure. Yes, that is uh we can start out with that. That was um
2: fun to read. Fun to read about. Also kind of like expected it a little bit. Yeah knowing that Seiya, obviously from Japan, mm-hmm. um has talked to other players about how much they like being on the Cubs and being in Chicago. Um and I didn't surprise me too much that he would obviously try to get another Japanese player. I'm um, coming over to America to to be interested in the Cubs, um, but yeah, no, um, yeah, that wasn't surprising, but because uh, that came out of um, Gordon Whitmire, NBC Sports Chicago. Oh yeah, um, his, shout out to Gordon. Yeah, his uh, his article caught up with uh, an, a, the agent that I guess represents them both, mm-hmm. uh, Joel Wolf, um, and yeah, basically was saying that Say has been uh, part of a little the recruiting party a little bit for for Kodai Senga, and we've um, heard sure. the name. We've heard him connected to the Cubs kind of all offseason or at least the last couple of months as far as like when the Cubs go in and, and target their pitching, uh, you know, free agents and stuff like that, who they might go get. uh, And we know Senga's been a part of that. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, it's clearly a good thing that <laughs> Seiya Suzuki is, is out here recruiting another um, Japanese player that has, you know, good upside and, and there's good things about talked yeah. about him.
0: And this one feels like, I mean, you never know how this stuff goes, especially Mm -hmm. when the the guy who's going to have to move over to a different country and everything. But this feels like he's going to be a cub. Like, I feel like we're talking about him a lot because there's a lot of smoke here. Mm -hmm. It makes all the sense in the world for the Cubs. And I, I like the move if they can do it quickly, which it seems like maybe it's a process that gets wrapped up quickly, just with the way it's being talked about it, that, that sets a really nice kind of pace for Jed Hoyer. Mm -hmm. You improve the rotation you raise that floor a little bit. And then if you still want to go after someone like Verlander or DeGrom or pursue a trade, mm-hmm. you know, Pablo Lopez is coming up. We'll talk about that in a bit. You can still do that, but you've already at least made the rotation better. Right. And it's, you know, also like it's it's always good that the Cubs seem to be thought of and talked of favorably mm-hmm. in these conversations, right? Like obviously Seiya chose to come to the Cubs. Mark Stroman mm-hmm. chose to come to the Cubs. Uh, the discussion with Sanga also kind of centers around like good things about the Cubs, like we want it to be that way, right? Like rather yeah. than say a saying, eh, you, well, know, you want it's it to not be a so, free right? agent destination." For right? Sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: I, you know, you kind of hit it on the the head for me, Corey. With you know, I said yesterday is like the Cubs need to come out and set the tone, like not just in game but in the off season as well. Like set the tone of the off season and and uh, and help the fam, help the fan base. Um, you know, feel confident that they're actually going to make significant changes to the roster. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone kind of, at least the talking heads, not just us talking heads, but other talking heads believe that Sanga is more of a, you know, middle of the rotation yeah, type three guy, guy number three, right. Maybe. And, you know, that's, that's one need the Cubs have, because you got Stroh, you, you got Justin Steele coming off a great season. You know, Kyle Hendricks is going to come back, but you don't know what you are going to get. But you know he's going to be in that rotation just based off the experience and the respect that he has gained from the organization and mm-hmm. the fans and all that. Um, Drew Smiley possibly, but either way, like Sanga kind of would be inserted right there in the middle of the rotation. You still need a number one guy, but he yep. like if you if they make a make a move to get him, you know, within the next couple weeks or whatever. Tomorrow, I don't. I don't they can't do it tomorrow, no, right? but no. Friday, whatever. Um, it would be a big way to set the tone, f- to at least give the fan base some optimism, and uh, and believe that they're going to make some serious changes. So, uh, yeah, I, I love to see that. Say uh, that Seiya is out there, uh, you know, trying to, you know, do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, convince guys. I I do think that the Cubs having that, you know, that insert into you know, guys from Japan, uh, having having that as, as an asset. I think, you know, we've talked about when Seah came over, like, you know, his whole adjustment to living in America and, like, moving all the way yeah. so far away. And I think that does play a role for Senga in terms of, well, at least when he comes here, at least he'll know one guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that
2: that was a thing is, like, you have so many Latin American players, on the Cubs especially, so, like, guys coming over, guys coming up. Like, they've all kind of been through that. Same mm. process. That's why, like, Christopher Morrell and Nelson Velasquez were so drawn to Wilson Contreras because he'd been through the same things that they had been through growing up um, and, and getting into baseball. Um, whereas when Seiya came over, were, I mean, there were no other Japanese players on the Cubs. Um, you had, you know, Yu Darvish was in San Diego at that point. Um, you know, Shohei Otani's in L.A. They're, they're Japanese players, but there was no one on the Cubs that went through what Seiya was going through um, mm. when he first came over to, to Chicago. Um, and that that obviously did not aid in his adjusting to American life. Like, he had, I'm not going to say he had to do it on his own because the Cubs do have people that can help. I know, like, now Masamoto is, is one of those people um, that would help, say, uh, acclimate to American culture. But he didn't have, like, someone specifically in his position to help mm. him do that. Uh, but he's done that, and now starts comes over and looks at the Cubs, say, uh, is someone that, is literally would have been in his shoes the year prior, learning what learning about Chicago, learning about the Cubs, learning about America in general, and how to acclimate, and can actually give him that firsthand advice of, hey, like if you want to be a Cub, this is what I did, this is how you know I got myself acclimated here, I got myself ready to go and play baseball here, um, and, and different things in that in that direction, and I so I think that is is a is a good recruiting tool for a guy like Kodai Sango because he has someone on the Cubs that already went through it, what he's going to be going through the next yeah. year.
1: Yeah, I uh, like Mike Dubbs' comment. He says, give me the Samurai Cubs. Bring Senga <laughs> to the Cubs. I like that. Um, Steven also in the chat says, as a Japanese-American, I've been following the latest news, and even Japanese media is reporting the Cubs are among the front runners for mm-hmm. Kodai Sango, which we've talked about that before. I know the Red Sox are also in uh, in play for that, and they've they've gone and got Japanese pitchers before. Um, in the past, so I, that wouldn't surprise me as as well. And I and the Red Sox, I think, need some pitching. So, um, I, I I do think though having Suzuki is a is a uh, you know a bonus or a plus for the Cubs in terms of if it comes down yep. to the to them and the Red Sox, um, you know, and and also the Red Sox like they have their own issues with trying to pay some of their own players right now. I, I would say that Senga isn't at the top of their list of priorities. Uh, so. I think that depends on how long Sanga mm-hmm. wants to wait this out and just get it done and over with, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to, to follow along here over the next few days because, um, again, it's to me it's very important that the Cubs get out high here and, 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 and make a move. It doesn't have to yeah. be the Correa yet. It can just be something, something that, like I said, gives us some optimism. Well, and like I it. think,
0: you know, It it doesn't have to be Senga, but, you know, we will talk about, you know, potential trades. But even, you know, obviously we've talked about, like, Davis and Canario and how those injuries affect Jed's ability maybe to make trades or their willingness to make trades if the system is Mm -hmm. in flux, I guess, at the moment. Um, And even if you look at someone like Pablo Lopez who we'll talk about or anybody else that might be available, sometimes trades fall through, right? Like, or you don't get the right offer or a team asks for too much. Like I think the thing with Senga or anybody that the Cubs are able to sign kind of quickly, that gives them a long-term player in this rotation. It, it just, it, it helps remove some of those variables, Mm -hmm. right? If you want to go after Verlander Degrom, fine. Those guys are older. They've got injury things. They might cost a ton of money. You know, you never know how that might work out even on a short term deal. If Jed can address the rotation quickly, like I said, raise that floor a little mm-hmm. bit. It just gives you a little bit of, like, breathing room for the uncertainty of the rest of the offseason, right? Yeah, if everything goes Jed's way, great, right? Mm-hmm. Then maybe his best laid plan involves Senga and DeGrom and <laughs> making a trade, whatever, right? Yeah. But sometimes that's tough to execute. Like, if you can get one thing done, set the pace, like you said, Cody, I think mm-hmm. that puts the Cubs in a— a good position here. Yeah,
2: that Steven in the chat also mentions keep in mind both Sanga and Suzuki will play in the World Baseball Classic for the Japanese national team and will miss time during spring training. That probably plays a factor in some way. I don't know how you know the front office views that. If that that's probably not like a a, a deal killer in any sense of the term. But also, I mean, Seiya had missed basically a hundred days of his own off season last year because of. Um, the the lockout, and, and wasn't able to come to America and get acclimated that way. So I think you'd trade most of an offseason for, for Kodai Singa um, to miss a couple weeks in spring training. I think you'd, you'd make that trade if you're really interested in getting Absolutely. Uh, him on your team.
1: Um, resident Buzzkill guy, uh, Michael Collada, shout out to you, man. Uh, he says, watching MLB Network, they never mention Cubs being heavily involved in anyone. They must know Ricketts <laughs> well, Michael – when I don't uh, know if that's true, that's not true. Yeah. over the last twenty four hours, because John Morosi was on MLB Network yesterday, and he of course mentioned Carlos Correa and the Cubs. He said we're uh, going to be talking about that a lot. Kevin, do you have? I sent the the, the quote in, in Slack. Do you have that uh, as a graphic, or I can just read it? The um, which the tweet was The Morosi, the John Morosi. It wasn't when a tweet. I, it was quote. It was and just I a think quote.
0: that uh, you know Michael Colada probably knows that the Cubs installed. New energy efficient lights yesterday at Wrigley Field. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how much th- that probably cost a lot of money, but how much are they saving yeah. with those energy efficient lights? Mm-hmm. The it's rickets right are going to have to budget also, their go ahead, money. Go ahead
2: and Look, read it. I have okay. the Wilson <laughs> I was going to say, looking at that though, real quick, you're good. That that terrifies me. Getting flown in on a helicopter to go on to that little thing and, yeah. and put up. Ah, I I don't like heights, and so that. Just thinking about that
1: terrifies the hell out of well, me.
0: I, th- I thought I heard that they were going to move the press box up onto oh the God. roof. You're, uh, not, you're not down for that? Seeing, oh, no.
1: seeing the helicopter and all that, yeah. It, it we uh, watched that time. video yesterday that Luke made us endure, like, just anything with heights I just can't do. Anyway, <laughs> Can uh, do. I have the quote here barely do from, giant drop of six from John Morosi, uh, and he said yesterday on MLB Network, Correa's overall market value is back to being roughly where it was a year ago, and I look at a team like the Cubs – They've always been linked to him in the past a lot. I think the Cubs and Correa will be one of those pairs we'll probably talk about for weeks to come. Listen, we can sit here and I I can, you know, get excited. And I can, that's one thing I can do, I can get excited about that quote. And I can also, you know, remain calm, all right? I'm choosing to get excited about it. All right? Me too. Especially coming from a guy like John Morosi, who's very respected in the industry. Uh, so, again, I don't think it's going to I, – I think these, these free agent shortstops are going to take a while. I don't think we're going to be wondering who's going where in January or February, but I do think that this is a play out through the month of November and December type situation. Uh, the first one off the board will set the market, and yeah. we'll go from there. But I just – it's nice to hear that – but that's a thing still. <laughs> I
0: have said since we were kind of gearing up for this offseason, I think he's the guy. Uh, how I rank all those guys and my preferences, I waver every day. But I just think Correa's the guy. Um, it's going to be interesting because it, it there's clearly interest on both parties. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be a little bit of a test, I think, of Jed's either savvy or willingness to bend, right? Mm-hmm. Because... He's either Correa did not get the deal he wanted last year. He wants a long-term deal. That's why he's opting out. He could have made a lot of money for one more year with the Twins. He wants the long-term deal. Jed doesn't like those. We know right. that, right? right. Even As though far Correa's like deal. Yeah, right. even though Correa's on the younger side of this group and like relative to a lot of mm-hmm. when guys free, hit free agency, this is going to be a test of is Jed willing to get the player? and give him the deal he has to give him to yeah. get the player, or can he convince Correa to take something creative that raises the you know the AAV through the roof for five years or something, maybe has some escalators or options, whatever, mm-hmm. and is Correa interested in that at all? But as we do, I talked a lot, I think, in last year's offseason – I get the aversion to the long-term deal, right? I I don't even really have a problem with it. But sometimes if you want the player, you have to give them the contract that they want or somebody else or Carlos Correa goes to Minnesota, right? Like that's just how it is. So I think that's going to be true of any of these shortstops. You're probably going to have to be a little uncomfortable with what you end up giving them. But if you want power... You want a shortstop. You want this kind of elite talent.
1: It's someone who plays shortstop you defensively gotta make the move. very well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you,
2: you know I've been saying, like, if I were the Cubs, top of my wish list would be Correa. And I get why other people want Turner or, or Bogarts or even Danzy Swans. And I get all that. Um, and at this point, it's kind of like you don't really have a true clue of which one the Cubs prefer. Mm-hmm. I think we're kind of basing it on our own – our own preferences of who the Cubs should be after, but wherever the Cubs are at right now probably isn't as clear as as we'd like it to be. Um, I was just thinking about this. Honestly, I was thinking about this in the elevator coming up to the office earlier. Just like a a deal like what Correa is getting would probably remind me of, of a Jason Hayward type deal where you got a guy 27, 28 years old, should be entering his prime, um, and I mean, from what I've seen, it could be around eight years for Correa, which is what Hayward got. And yes, you're paying him for past production, which is not the, you know, my favorite thing to do, but you're also paying him because he's younger. He's not 32, yeah. 33. Like he's younger. He has, he's also, he has prime had, years left. And Correa also
1: has had really good consecutive seasons through like his oh, yeah. tenure yes. with the well, Astros. So what, Hayward what, on, but did,
2: what, what, I, what I was saying was that had Hayward, so Hayward had the eight year contract. It was gonna get released. So it was technically seven. Had Hayward had four All Star level seasons and then kind of tapered off, and by the end of it was bad. Probably be less pissed about it, right? right. As Cubs fans, we probably would be le- less pissed about it um, because he gave you four. He lived up to that to the deal for at least four seasons, right? Right. I, I feel like the same thing goes with Correa. Say you give him an eight year contract, and you know the back half of it isn't as good as you want, but those first four seasons, even maybe even five. Are like really really good all star level like l- like leading the charge of the playoff type seasons, but then the back three aren't as good, and he's still getting paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Are you is that really gonna you, like he would have lived up to the, con- the contract at that point? He would have at that point earned more than he what he actually made early on. That he's probably even though if he's making more than he's worth later on in the contract, it, it even's out. And yeah. so I think if if that's the type of contract that you're looking at for Correa. As long as he's given you a good, for really good first half of that contract, yeah, the, the back half it might sting to eat money when he's maybe you know going he's he's tapering off in his, the back end of his career. Maybe not. I'm just kind of saying that just based sure. on yeah, you know how veterans work. But I th- I think you do that contract just because he's younger, has had a lot of success, and if his prime years are right in the, the middle of what you hope would be a contention window. And I think and you're you're, then, then you're, you're discussing kind of what
0: Jed's trepidation is with long these long-term treads. deals, yeah. and I I'm with you. Like it, you would be paying, you know, it, it's like people talked about this when John Lester signed, right? Like you signed him to a particular deal, and he ended up being quite good for mm-hmm. pretty much the entirety of it. It was really like that, maybe like the last bit in 2020 that he struggled. Uh, in a few of those COVID season starts but uh, don't let me start on how valuable John Lester was but like (laughs) the, the the point being though like even though he was good past that you brought in John Lester to win the World Series and for the beginning of that contract and you didn't really care after that he ended up being good but you brought him in to win you did cool, the contract's worth it, over, done with. doesn't matter what happens in 2017 or 2018. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. He did exactly what you brought him in to do, and I think that would be the same with someone like Correa. He has a long track record of being a very, very good hitter. Even if his offense tapers off as he gets older, you can probably move him to third base, I would guess. He's a good defender. He's a good athlete. He should not be like, the, you know, he's not going to be like a black hole. Yeah, well, even if he's thirty four or thirty five. Right? The,
2: the body type and the ability that he right. has would translate well to being an older third. Like when he right. goes to third base, older and, or later on in his career, like it, mm-hmm. it should translate and not
1: become a black hole, as you said. We've seen some comments, or I'm seeing some comments about. Sorry, you know, I ruined er- your day, Michael. everyone. <laughs> there's there's people there's there's the Trey Turner stance. and I you know I get it, Trey Turner. I've seen that. That viral picture of him in the in the Wrigleyville jersey, like he does look good. It, he does hey, look he like does. he does look like my favorite player of the future. Uh, when I see that picture, um, I will say I was reading a, a, a John Heyman written article uh, where he like predicted um, where free agents would go. He had no insight to it; it's just his prediction. And he, and he he basically said about Trey Turner that the Cubs are a, a place that he thinks would would play. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, we we haven't got a quote from like John Rossi or, or Rosenthal saying that Trey Turner is the guy, but I do think that the Cubs value Trey Turner as well, just yeah. as much as they do Carlos Correa. Again, we're in the first week of the off, se- off season. I think that there's going to, we're going to hear more rumors. We're going to hear that we're all going to overreact to and, 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 and all of that. But I said it yesterday, I don't care who it is. Just give me someone. But <laughs> I would, I would gladly take Correa over all of them just based off the youth, um, and defensive versatility. Uh, and, you know, again, I said it yesterday as well. We can – a lot of people don't like the guy because he was on the cheating Astros or whatever, but the guy stuck up for all his teammates during that. And if you're an Astros fan at that time, you love that because he he took a lot of heat. He took probably the most heat of anyone from that team. And he ate it. And he ate it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He still went out there and performed. Uh, so, to me, that that's someone that's built different. And uh, I – I will gladly take someone like that on my team. It's so. also
0: a good a good point from Joe in the chat, uh, just kind of about the structuring of the contracts. Like the Cubs probably did want Jason Hayward to yeah. play well enough that he opted out, and that didn't. And you were kind of getting to that, like if yeah. he had played well enough in the beginning, like That's either he opts out or happen. you don't care if he's just a defensive yeah. guy later and in the then thing. Then we're
1: yelling about if the Cubs should have kept him or not. Yeah. you know what right. I mean. Like exactly. It, and it's, it's it's it just was
2: what it was. You
0: know, Correa's track record as a hitter is not comparable to Hayward's Mm. and, you know, we're not comparing them. It's just, that's the most recent example of a big contract and kind of the why of this is why the Cubs seem kind of scared to do this again and, and, and what the potential downside is, but Mm. yeah, you Uh, got to spend money to, to make money and to win. And to your point, I I've said this before. I do not. If the Cubs are the bad guys, <laughs> they get Carlos Correa, and he's talking trash. I don't care. I don't, I don't want care. them to cheat.
1: Yeah. We will. We will all. If they
0: win and cheat, though, do again, I care. <laughs> like I, I don't <laughs> know. Maybe I. Maybe we I don't care. We will all
1: right? stand him the moment someone talks trash to him or about the team, and he says something to, you know, defend his guys. Yes. Like that's just how fans work. That's how I when will. He says something
0: to Ryan in the clubhouse. <laughs> that just gets us all going. We're yes. going to be the biggest Carlos Correa fans there are. Absolutely. Um, no, yeah.
2: He, um, so, I, I don't know. You were just talking about it, Corey, and uh, as far as like the trepidation with contracts. This was Jed's exact quote from uh, his end of season press conference about a month ago now. Um, this, he was asked about intelligence spending, but it, he said to me, intelligence spending involves making decisions that make sense for the 2023 season, but also aren't, aren't going to hinder what we're trying to build. The nature of baseball contracts is challenging that way because we've all seen contracts of certain lengths that can really bog a team down. It's easy to talk about the player you're acquiring, but if that contract ends up hindering the ultimate goal here, which is to build something special and sustainable and lasting, then it wasn't a good transaction. So, I mean, clearly like one of those contracts that bogged the team down was Jason Hayward's contract. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's also because he didn't live up to it in any of the first few years oh, right. um, that he had, like his yeah, best he had one season his was worst probably twenty
1: twenty. Yeah, he had his one of the worst years of his career. The year the Cubs won the World Series, yeah. and if the Cubs didn't win the World Series that year, we all there would have been so much more pressure on Hayward to even yes. do anything. Yeah, um, it is what it is. Um, I see like seventy-seven people in the chat right now. Uh, shout out to you, but I think we only have like thirteen likes. Yeah, so fifteen hit, likes. F- huh? Fifteen we likes. More. We like that. I don't like that ratio. Uh, we we need more likes, so hit that like button for I us. I expect a
0: better like number when I'm in the studio. Absolutely, you know, anytime out, Corey's
1: folks. here, we should have at least 100 likes by the end of the show. 100.
0: <laughs> Not that uh, many people like me, I'm sure. We're,
1: we're talking <laughs> about, we're talking about money and all that. I saw another tweet from Morosi saying that the Tigers are interested in uh, or could be interested in a guy like Wilson Contreras. Um, we've well, talked. Bears fan man like asked what the Cubs' plans are at catcher as well. Yes.
2: Um, so that kind of goes yeah. in
1: with that. He uh, he sent multiple tweets related to catcher um Morosi did. He said the the one that's up on the screen right now, Tigers are looking at the catching market as the offseason begins. They're interested in free agent Wilson Contreras, whom Sky Harris knows from his tenure in Chicago would be a reunite reuniting with Javi Baez. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the Tigers would become my new favorite team in the AL for a little bit. Um, but he also he sent out a tweet this morning Morosi saying the Blue Jays are expected to trade for a catcher this offseason or trade a catcher this offseason, according to multiple rival execs mm-hmm. uh, he's, that he's spoken with at the GM meetings. The Jays have an abundance of talent at the position, Danny Jansen, Alejandra Kirk, and Gabriel Moreno. So that poses the idea of maybe the Cubs go that route in terms of filling that hole for, of losing Contreras. Again, we've talked about it at ends about how I feel about Contreras coming back. You guys have as well. It uh, just feels like it's something that's definitely going to happen at this point um, after the Cubs extend the qualifying offer. Um, what? what uh, how are we feeling about this? Anybody
0: that is not the St. Louis Cardinals, <laughs> go ahead and sign Wilson Contreras. I, I've resigned myself to what the Cubs are doing. We've spent, I mean, since the trade deadline, talking about the logic and mm. or lack thereof, whichever you end up feeling. But the connection of the Cardinals, the constant tweets about how they need a catcher with, uh, you know, Yadi retiring, and anybody in the league except the Cardinals. <laughs> That wants to sign Wilson Contreras, go for it. I wish him well. Enjoy your money; you've earned it. Just please, don't get it from St. Louis. That's it. I I don't care. What if you uh,
1: you went uh, to Milwaukee out of nowhere?
0: Well, them too. You know,
1: (laughs) come Uh, on. uh, Well, so they hate him up there. I don't
2: think he's going to Milwaukee. No, he's not. They would be be hitting their own player. I don't. I don't. don't, (laughs) Milwaukee,
0: I'm not. Like, they have a very weird roster situation, and I think that team is going to end up getting worse. They can't afford it. And and so, but even if he went there, I'm less worried about, like, the the Cardinals are in a better position. Absolutely. And if he goes there, the threat of them winning with him is is very high. It doesn't feel as high with Milwaukee. Milwaukee, So that's my, that's the number one. Yeah,
2: Yeah. so with all this Wilson Contreras stuff, um, just as far as background goes, we know that, the cubs are extending the qualifying offer was it like 19 point something million is is what the contract offer is supposed to be or the qualifying offer is supposed to be um, so that would be it's like it's a, like between 19 and 20 i don't remember the exact number um, one year contract cubs are expect or cubs are going to offer it to him um and it, it all really depends like if wilson feels out his market and then decides like cuz i think i want to say it's within within 10 days or within five days or something like that, that uh, they have to accept or reject the qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. So you would have to get a pretty good feel of it pretty quickly. Um, but there's definitely a, a shot that he feels out of his market right off the bat. It's not what he wants it to be. He decides to take that qualifying offer, maybe bet on himself for one more year or, you know, whatever it is, maybe even see about getting, I, I don't know. I don't know what it would, what it would take for him to accept it, but there's definitely a scenario in that sense. So, as far as again, Bears fan man's question goes, what the Cubs plans at catcher? It still kind of comes down to whatever Wilson Contreras does, right? Because mm-hmm. if they, you know, if he accepts a qualifying offer and, that, and then comes back next year, the Cubs aren't going to go out and get a fourth catcher. <laughs> like right. they're going to have him, Jan Gomes, and PJ Higgins again, and then they may just do the same setup
1: for one more year. This, um, the the I the entire thing with Contreras and how like his market, it's going to be like it's going to be one of the more fascinating things that we watched this off season at this point, because like, you know, there's some people that think that he's going to get some, somewhere between, you know, the, the Yasmani Grandal and real Muto contract somewhere around that, I think. And then, you know, I think that he'd be better off taking a shorter term deal, like a, like a two or three year deal. Um, or take that qualifying offer. He's going to make like 19 million next year. Uh, so, I, it's it's gonna be very interesting to watch play out, and like I just, I I couldn't tell you like a lot like everyone's just been checking the box that he's gonna go to the Cardinals, and like I just don't believe it. I just do not think that's a Cardinals move. Is the that is the least likely destination, even though ever, to to me at least, compared to what we've what I've seen that organization do over the years, I just do not see it happening. So to see that the Tigers are interested in him. Um, I mean, that doesn't makes surprise sense. me. Well, Scott Harris is the new is it GM. I think mm-hmm. the GM is his
2: official title, Scott Harris. I can't remember, but he's on top. it's or like a yeah. president yeah. or yeah. whatever, whichever is the, yeah, the top
1: and, job. And, and the Tigers, they need to do something because they spent a lot of money last offseason and then still were really bad. Yeah, were really, really
0: bad. Um, going with the uh, we're just going to build like the aging ex-Cubs is yeah. an interesting yeah. strategy. Yeah. The yeah.
1: guys were really hurt last year too. Though. That's, that's true. true. Yeah. For, I mean, um, and for the
0: Cubs, I think they're – their preferred route is what we've talked about, where I think they would like to be kind of where the Astros just were, yeah. where it's about the pitching staff more than mm-hmm. anything, right? You watch those World Series games, and like I think Maldonado had an RBI or two, right? Like with a bleeding ground ball through the infield. What's happening
2: but over there, I think I just saw. I think Carm. we're doing a TikTok. Carm was just twerking over there. Yeah, so. Carm, were you twerking TikTok's over there? being filmed. He can't hear me. He's not Okay, listening. sorry, go ahead. It's, I got
0: distracted. No, trust me, a TikTok being filmed is I, much more interesting me. I got distracted. But, <laughs> like, you saw it with the Astros. Like, they have Maldonado back there. They traded for Christian Vasquez, but, like, they want guys that control the pitching yep. staff. That is mm-hmm. the number one priority. If they literally don't get a hit all year, they don't care, right? That's what Jordan Alvarez is for. He's the one that hits it's the bombs. Like, don't worry right, about right. Martin Maldonado. And so I think that's the preference. I think they'd like to pair someone with Jan Gomes – who can kind of make that happen? Everybody loved Jan Gomes, but you're right, Cody. Like if Wilson accepts the QO, which uh, you know maybe that's possible. I think it's unlikely,
1: but uh, mm-hmm. you never like this stuff plays out in weird ways. Like to to wrap this this one up, I would absolutely love if Alejandro Kirk somehow became a Cub because oh, yeah. that guy is a vibe. Oh, sure. He gentlemen. is everything that like I wish I could have been. He is like a refrigerator <laughs> that runs. Uh, Do you guys? Did you? Did you guys he, he is he is a king for the short kings and oh, yeah. for the and for right, the yeah. units out there. All right, I would absolutely love for Alejandro Kirk oh, to yeah. become a cub, but kings, I baby. think I think the Jays are probably going to keep him because yeah. he was really good for them this year. It was but great. Did you know, I don't I don't know a ton about Danny Jansen or the other guy, but
2: uh, Danny Jansen was a good hitter, but in a lot fewer plate appearances than okay. Kirk. Played. I I'm think sure Kirk is the one that they're going to keep. but like, I would I would think yeah. so. He was really good. And did you guys I see d- that? Remember that tweet maybe a month or so ago? Isn't It was in the Blue Digger still in the postseason, and some guys, like, it was a picture of Alejandro Kirk, and like we sh- pretty much guys saying, like, we shouldn't be um, promoting Alejandro Kirk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that yeah, guy yeah. ended up having to yeah. delete his Twitter account. because He got ratio. He got ratio. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. It was cooks. so bad. But I'm like,
0: he got
1: cooked. He kind of deserved did that cooked. one. Like, what the hell? Rest in peace to that guy. <laughs> what was that? R.I.P. Um, in peace. You know, Alejandro Kirk, though, I bet he loves meat sticks. I bet he does. Yes, I,
2: <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would think so.
1: Everyone does, though.
2: Right. Everyone loves meat sticks. You know what I mean?
0: I do have a... That's a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to set no, you up. No, I, I got it. I, okay. But I, I, I got it, and not to break the fourth wall, but I'm going to, to compliment you on your Luke-like ability <laughs> to... Naturally transition us, uh, but Tell yes, metrics nation, baby, metrics. <laughs> Since uh, what was that, June seventeenth, 17th, May seventeenth, May seventeenth. 17th, 17th? 17th. 17th. I, I don't want to cut you off a month, uh, but yes, we do want to talk to you about Green Ridge Farms. It is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all natural option. Makers of all natural deli meat, sausages, and the aforementioned famous meat sticks that are perfect for tailgating happy hour, and school lunches. These all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours. 16 grams of protein per stick make a perfect post-workout snack. The sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. If you have not been to one of the CHGO Bears tailgates, they have Green Ridge Farms at the tailgates. We've got another one coming up on Sunday. I'm going to be making my tailgate debut. Ooh, Chicago, you know, pregaming for the Bears, have some drinks, some Green Ridge Farms meats. What beats it? Nothing it
1: was pretty awesome. It. it was pretty awesome last Sunday. You oh, can yeah. always
0: find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicagoland grocery store. Right now, when you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free. Use code CHGO at check out green ridge farm simply natural meat don't forget that code c h g o at tailgate check out sorry i read the i read the tailgate <laughs> thing on the screen <laughs> i'm like uh, anchorman if you put it on the screen i will read it right. and then yeah. what
1: when when you're at the tailgate you can you know hang out and then you can pull up game time yeah
2: yeah so tailgate november 13th starts at 8:30 that's this sunday um, bears host the lions same place. Uh was it Roosevelt and Madison? Roosevelt, no, Michigan. Roosevelt, Michigan. There you go. Yeah, Madison. That doesn't make any sense. Roosevelt, <laughs> Michigan. Um, not too not too far a we'll walk from uh from Soldier Field. So if you're interested in going to the game after the tailgate, just download Game Time. Game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could. Fifty yard line, courtside, side, behind home plate. Floor seats at a concert—it's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bears games, Bulls games. Hell, you go to Sloan Park uh, for spring training in March—you need one of those. You won't find better deal this season. Uh, it's created by fans for the fans. It guarantees the lowest price, and if you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the the link in the description. That's either on YouTube or if you're listening on the podcast, go to the episode. Um, The link is in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the best seats to all your favorite events.
0: To uh, I do want to answer uh, Koopa Scoop in the
2: chat. Are they at Jewel Osco? Yes,
0: Green Ridge Farm is at certain Jewel Osco locations. Yes, they are at the Jewels. Oh, yes,
1: they
2: are at the Jewels. Mike Dubb says it best meat sticks for all. Oh, Garrett Johnson, too. All he also meat says,
1: stick. eat a Green Ridge Farm meat stick while placing a bet on DraftKings. Oh, that's my favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. I was doing that at the tailgate on Sunday. That's what he does. does. He wakes up in the morning, unwraps his Green Ridge Farm meat stick, and opens (laughs) his favorite bread.
2: In bed. I'm eating uh, a meat stick in bed
1: while I'm placing (laughs) a a wager on something. (laughs) This morning I was placing a wager on Ball State (laughs) to cover 11 tonight. Let's get some action tonight, baby. I'm excited. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, shout out to everyone in the chat. Hit that like button, uh, especially for this next one, which we kind of hinted we're going to talk about. Um... So, we were – at the end of yesterday's show, we were like, oh, we're going to talk about Otani and the trade possibilities because there was a story out of the Athletic that had some, like, ideas for certain teams, and the, there there was one listed for the Cubs. But then, I think, like, not even three hours, maybe it was like an hour or two later, uh, the GM for the Angels was, just publicly came out and said, we're not trading Otani, which we'll see. I, I still don't like my, you know, put put the old conspiracy hat on and, you know, maybe the little tinfoil hat at the same time. I don't know if I believe it. But he said that they're not going to trade for Otani. But uh, I think it was Heyman who tweeted it. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Said that Pablo Lopez is popular in trade talk right now. So, obviously, we were talking about a pitcher earlier. Uh, Pablo Lopez is, uh, you know, the, the Marlins need bats. And that's why um, – Pablo Lopez is out there as, as a trade target. How do we feel about Pablo Lopez? Should he be a Cub? I'm into it. I mean, I think he
0: kind of fits at least some of what they're looking for. He's 26 mm-hmm. years old. They'd have him till at least 2025 before he's a free agent. Um, you know, set a career high in innings last year with the Marlins at 180 even. Uh, But he's been quite good for a few years now, going back to, you know, the shortened season in 2020, a 3.6 ERA, 3.07 the year following, 3.75 last year uh, with pretty close FIPS. So, you know, you're not feeling like he's getting lucky or, you know, bailed out by the defense or anything like that. So, uh, you know, he's, I don't think he's going to be that ace that potentially Mm -hmm. they're looking for um but at 26 he gives you a long term option some stability um you know made 32 starts last year 20 the year before i would, to me you know it would depend on the price right which i think is going to be the thing with any of this but uh, you know he he fits a lot of what you're looking for outside of being a clear like number one ace type pitcher
2: yeah and he's arbitration eligible for the next two seasons i think this season uh, I was looking at Spotrek. Um, It has his estimated uh, salary, $6,285,987, which is not bad for – If it, I think he's a guy that could be, at worst, like your number three starter. Um, so if you throw him in a, in a three with right now Stroman and Justin Steele, that's good. Obviously, the Cubs are – you Know it's probably still expected to chase after one of those higher end starting pitchers, Carlos Rodon, maybe, uh, what have you. I, I still think DeGrom is a long shot, but I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna let you keep dreaming about it. Don't um, let me talk myself into <laughs> it. Um, uh, but Pablo Lopez, he fits in too. I mean, uh, you know, Jed Hoyer talks about going out and get quality innings, um, you know, guys that you know can go out there and give you innings every game. I mean, Pablo Lopez started 32 games this, this past season. Um, I forgot what the innings are, 180 innings, um, which, you know, old days wouldn't be that wouldn't sound like that much, but that was actually a pretty good amount of innings this mm-hmm. season, especially coming off the short spring training. Um, I like Pablo Lopez. I, I think he is a good pitcher. I think he fits in well with the culture trying to build, uh, especially on that pitching staff. Um, maybe you'd want a little bit more – he does kind of strike me as another like soft contact kind of guy. So maybe you yeah. want a little more. Sitting like
0: low ish, mid, you know, 93 ish, yeah, I think, so with like his like, pitches. The so Cubs he's not... do have
2: a lot of those guys. Um, so any other pitchers they go get, you want them to have the velocity that right. guys like Hal Hendricks doesn't have, Marcus Strowman doesn't have. Um, you don't want to build up too many of those guys. Um, but I, Kevin, I don't know if you got that tweet pulled up. Uh, Greg Zumak. Greg Zumak. Um, tweeted this out earlier. He was on our Look, show last week. Regarding Pablo Lopez, um, I had said it in Slack. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's fine. Um, yeah, I'll I read it have. out. So this was a sort of trade proposal that uh, Greg put out there. Uh, so he said, I've asked someone that is pretty clued in and follows the Miami Marlins about Pablo Lopez's trade value, and we settled on Pablo Lopez for Keegan Thompson, Christopher Morrell, and Yohendrick Penango.
1: What do you think about that? Well, uh, listen, I, Keegan Thompson and Christopher Morell, I think that their values as high as it's ever going to be right now. And you're getting a 26-year-old starter, proven starter. Um, that said, though, like after everything you guys just said, and I don't really know a ton about the guy. We're using Delmetric's thoughts here right now. Um I feel like just signing Senga sounds like the better idea, because you're you're not you haven't convinced me that he can be a top number one, top of the rotation guy. And if you sign Senga, then you then you then you know some people in the chat are saying wait for Otani or you know someone else. I I don't know. Like I don't want to give up Keegan Thompson and Christopher Morrell for a guy who's going to be at best your number two. That's the way that you guys have kind of. Talked me, or not talked me into it, but just explained it to me. Because I'm I'm just being honest with you. I don't know a ton about Pablo Lopez. I remember the Marlins coming to Wrigley. I'm pretty sure he pitched one of those games. Mm. And I'm pretty sure he had a good outing. But is he a number one? Is he a number one? I don't know. Probably not. But you also think,
2: think, think so. that Ko, uh, Kodai Senga is not projected to be number one. I think he's like a mid-rotation. Yeah, at but best. Only I'm only giving that money he, But he's for also him. he's coming over from Japan. Like he has no proven track record sure. in the majors, and we that's know fair. we that's know fair. how tough it can be. We know that guys that come over can you'll never really have much success in the okay. major league. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying that I, he won't. I'm just saying that you know that's also a risk as well. Mm-hmm. Versus trading, you know Keegan Thompson is is tough to give. Up. I think out of the three, is the toughest one to give up because I think he does still have star potential. Worse about I think in Keegan's, reading
0: it, I feel worse about giving up. Moreau. I think I think me Keegan too.
2: does have starter potential, but the way the game is going, his he could be elite at the whole multi inning reliever yeah. thing. He could be the best multi inning reliever in baseball because he was dominant in that role this year, and he's still growing. Mm. Um, so I think for me, that's the toughest one to give up. But Pablo Lopez strikes me as a guy that. I, I I'm like I would have to look more in the numbers to know really whether that is what like whether the Cubs win or lose that trade. Feels like feels like it, it's pretty even to me, um, but you would have to
1: imagine Morel and uh, Jazz Chisholm yeah. on the team. On <laughs> the the same vibes team are there. good. The they would, would be, be the most I, the vibey thing, team in baseball. The thing man. about Lopez <laughs> that I
0: think you'd have to bake in here, right, is that he's only 26 he'll be 27 in March so next year will be a full season at age 27 Mm -hmm. and maybe this gives you pause I don't know but last year is the first year he gets over 30 starts first year he gets over you know into 180 innings but at the same time though does that kind of increase your curiosity of okay maybe he's still growing as a pitcher there and so i don't know that he has the stuff to be an ace or a number 1 but you are potentially acquiring a 27 year old who is uh, you know has the potential to blossom still if you will like i don't think we're looking at a final product and we also are Big believers in the Tommy the Craig Breslow infrastructure there. Maybe they've got stuff up their sleeve for Pablo Lopez that the Marlins haven't tapped into yet. He is
2: also a year younger than Keegan, right? It's like like almost a full year younger than Keegan. My my feeling into his big league career.
0: I'm with you on Keegan, and I think especially when you watch how these playoffs play out, like you can envision a situation where Keegan Thompson is playing a oh huge God. role what, um, in what, a playoff run. Was
2: it uh, Luis Garcia, what he did? It was against the, against the Yankees, I think, right? He had like
0: That sounds right. When he yeah. came
2: in, like it was, a, it was an extra inning game, and he came in and yeah. pitched like four The, the Astros
0: innings. have guys that are throwing gas, but you see how they use that pitching staff, where they were leaning a ton on their bullpen yes. and guys to throw multiple innings, kind of condensing that pitching. Staff. I can see Keegan doing that. I guess my feel would be if the Cubs move him, they... I would be comfortable with it because they're comfortable with it if that makes sense. Yeah. Like they've developed this guy, they see it, they know what they have asked of him and seen of him if they felt comfortable moving on. Not saying like they know something or you know have a lower opinion of him, but like they've seen it. So like if they're moving mm-hmm. on, I would be like, okay, I mean then they
2: mm-hmm.
0: feel like the value is somewhere else, I guess. Yeah. I in reading the proposal from Greg, I I have a tough time giving up Morrell. Like, I don't even know what I think Morrell's ceiling is, but I, I, I'm, I'm like,
1: it's interesting about Morrell because a lot of people just have kind of said that he's a utility player at best. You know, that's what he'll probably be. His entire career is just a utility guy. And I, I guess when people say utility guy, you're thinking of a guy who's just coming off the bench. He's not playing every single day, but man, the guy can play all over the field. And the energy that he brings is something that you don't just find in any player. Yeah. And he could do a little bit of everything with the bat, yeah. like obviously has the power, but, you know, you, you I I personally would like to see what he does in year two. I, and if things go awfully wrong, then I'll sit here and say that I was wrong. We should have traded him. But, like, you got a 23-year-old guy who can play all over the field and has shown that he can have power, can hit – uh, you know, for contact. And also, like, during some of those adjustment periods, he showed that he could cut down on the strikeouts. Now, at the end of the year, I know that he struggled with that, and it was kind of alarming, and it does kind of scare me a little bit. That's the one thing about Morel that definitely does scare me. But he proved in the minors that he could cut down on the strikeouts. Right. I'm willing to see in year two if he can do that, especially with this team not mm. necessarily going all in to win the World Series next year. We're just hoping that we make the playoffs, right? So – I don't think that his value could be completely diminished in year 2. I just I just don't believe that that's going to happen. Right. So like again, to get a to get a 26 27 year old starting pitcher, you got to give up something. So to me, right. it, I don't even think that you're giving up too much or too or you're not giving up enough or whatever. I it's it's more of how I feel about Morrell and Keegan Thompson. I don't mind giving up the prospect. I'm just thinking at like I said before in a way like you know, if 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 Lopez is is more likely to be in the middle of the rotation type guy, then just sign Sanga. That way, you don't have to give up anything. But if the Cubs believe that they can help him ascend to being a top of the rotation starter with the pitch lab, then okay, let's let's ride. Let's find out. I just like I feel like if if you had the choice between the two, Pablo
2: Lopez and Co- and Kodai Sanga, and just throwing away trades and all that stuff, because that obviously makes a difference, but. If you have the choice between the two, Pablo Lopez seems like the much safer bet. If yeah. Say both are free agents. Pablo Lopez seems like much safer of a bet than Senga. You but then so? you have to add in the trades and, and what you're giving up versus just money. I I so I, I get your... I get your I, People
1: in Japan that. are saying that Sanga hit 101 this the year. The
0: potential, <laughs> I think, is higher for Senga if he adjusts well, yeah. and it translates, right? We uh, saw sorry, that with his numbers. No, I'm, I'm with you. The yeah, safer, safer bet, bet though... Yeah. To, to the chat, like as they're debating Morrell and Keegan and all this stuff, the, the one thing like we're hammering, spending so much time on Sanga and Pablo Lopez, and even if it's DeGrom or Verlander, starters, right? The one thing I do want to highlight is the value of a guy. And again, Pablo Lopez only did it once, but his career has been trending to that point.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The value of a guy that can throw 180 innings, and make over 30 starts in this league at this point in time, I think some people are underestimating a little bit. I love Keegan Thompson. I just said I feel uneasy about moving Morrell. <laughs> Last year, the Cubs had zero guys make 30 starts, right? They had zero guys throw over, I'm looking at it now, I think 150 I think innings. it had like 26 right? starts. 25.
2: 25, yeah.
0: Like, that value is huge. That is a guy who goes out every fifth day, picks up the ball, and last year, Lopez was doing it at a 3.7 ERA clip, right? The Cubs had nobody that did that. So when we're debating the value and how much we love these guys, you got to remember, like, organizationally, if you, like, that is something the Cubs lack, is a true Every day, you want it to be Strowman, but he dealt with some injuries and, you know, COVID. So that's out of his control. I think he is one of those guys on a normal basis. But with where Kyle Hendricks is in his career, you have so many of these young guys who, even if you put Hayden Wisniewski in that rotation, right, is he going to make 30-plus starts? Is he going to be able to go out there every fifth day? Do you feel comfortable with that? You saw, like, Steele and Thompson deal with some injuries and kind of needing to be, like, slowed down a little bit. The value of a starter like that is, I think, a good bit higher than uh, people may give credit, credit for, yeah, yeah. and and that's the point. Like that's, uh, that's deals because, might make you uncomfortable. Yeah. It's you you're that's what you're paying for. You're paying yeah. for stability and insurance that this is one slot in this rotation that just goes out there every fifth day. Yeah, we don't need that depth because that for
2: was that. so much more commonplace a long time ago. Yeah, maybe not even that long ago. And now like not you know, the pitchers are getting hurt more and more. There's more uh focus on like resting and load management kind of thing. So not everyone's making the that thirty to thirty two starts every season that felt so commonplace not that long ago. So and you that, don't hey, need
0: it, but it's it's nice to have. Yeah, and like is. there's a reason that I think Jed is going to pursue it. It doesn't have to be Pablo Lopez, but someone somebody that tuck- you can just yeah.
1: plug in there and be sure of like there's a well, lot quality of innings. value that's, in that. That's
2: what Jed wants, quality innings, and, and right. I think Pablo Lopez would provide that very easily.
1: With that said, I'm going to give you my conspiracy theory about why Otani's still getting traded after I tell you about how you can get a Otani gear at FOCO. Chicago, you've you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around FOCO. Got you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, Signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, looking for the perfect gift for your football fan in your life. FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in our YouTube description or in the podcast info below. For all non-pre-sale items, use promo code CHGO for 10% off. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the tailgate a little bit earlier. When you come to the tailgate, we got um, bag sets. Or some people call them cornhole. Greg Braggs, I was doing CHGO Bears After Dark last night. He called them Bing Bag Boards. I was like, what are you talking <laughs> about, brother? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, anyway, we got really cool bag sets and they're Bing from bag boards. I love that. Yeah. We got really Sorry. cool bag sets and they're from Chi Town Cornhole. Uh, Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland in Illinois since 2007. Our signature box-style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Our cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders, recessed in on the back LED lights that light up the hole and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. Veteran-owned and operated, we ship anywhere and offer local pickups, specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, weddings, wedding gifts, and gifts for all occasions, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. We definitely take advantage of that. Go check out their website, shytowncornhole.com, and make sure you follow them on Instagram at Boards. I think I've said it before, their account got hacked or something like that. So they're trying to rebuild really it back up. Go follow them. Uh, they 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 do a great job of designing them because they yeah. look sick. Uh, had, we, the the boards are awesome, and we yeah. you know we had them out
2: Hillgate. The um People, everyone's playing on them, but they just look so cool. And we, yeah. we have them up, we have them up here somewhere. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe we'll bring maybe we'll put them back there next show, as so you can see them. Absolutely. Next time we talk, we about ha- them.
1: we have like five minutes left, so I'm just gonna give you my theory on Otani really quick. Listen, it's beginning, it is the first week of the off season. There is just no way. There's no way that, that 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 front office, considering the ownership issue that got going on there, because it looks like they're going to sell. There's no way that they don't they don't take a call for him at all. There's just absolutely no way in my mind that they would say no because he's got one year left, and if they do not like you, like they are not going to get the value of of what they could get now at the deadline. I just I just. No. I just Refuse to believe that that is a thing. There is no way that they are not taking calls. I, I refuse to believe it. Um, if I'm wrong, if we get to the offseason, he's still on the Angels. Fine, I was wrong, but like I just there's no. I, I refuse to believe it. I yeah. Otani is he if 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 they're if they're not going to trade him, then they better be extending him within the next month or two. Because if they don't, that will be one of the more biggest mistakes that franchise has ever made, and They've already made plenty of mistakes because they got him and Mike Trout and they can't make the playoffs. This, like, they if they're not going to trade him, they better sign him immediately because there's just no way that they will get the value of yeah. what he really is at the deadline next season than right now. Yeah. I just well, still give- can't believe we're even talking about this. Yeah. I can't
0: believe that they can't figure out how to win with them. Yeah. And, like, Not only just his value as a two-way player, but, like, he is one of the legitimate—I mean, how many are there even in baseball? He is a star. He is a sports star, right? If you ask random people that casually watch baseball, could they pick Mike Trout out of a lineup? I kind of doubt it, right? Even people that don't follow baseball, you know who Shohei Otani is. You know about this guy who does it all, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that they're like even disg- that they they have to come out and say no, we're not going to just trade him. It's it's crazy. He, he's <laughs> a
2: percentage of the net worth of that franchise, like a, a, an, an actual yeah. percentage yeah, point, like hundred percent. Like that that's crazy to me. That you're right. You can't find a way to get that done. Come on. it's he's, it's, he's like the biggest. Honestly, he's like the maybe the biggest superstar in baseball right now. And to think that, like how big he is in Japan, all those eyes going to whatever team he's on, that has to be that has to be a big part of whatever whatever income they're coming. But Cody, I want you to put uh, uh like a like kind of like a over under before or after. Give me a date, set it, and then tell me are you going before or after for the for Sohei Otani trade this off season.
1: I will say that he gets traded. That he gets traded in twenty twenty three before the season. I don't think it happens in the next two months.
2: That's such a long, long window to have given yourself. It's like he'll he'll be traded by opening day. Is if, basically, what you're okay, saying. <laughs> he'll be he'll
0: be traded in January sometime. Okay. I just want Cody Man, on back. record <laughs> that if they trade, if the cut, if Jed Hoyer trades for Shohei Otani, Cody will ride the scooter nude around oh, wow. Wrigley Field.
1: No one wants to see that, brother. No <laughs> one wants to see we got that. It. Right. We have to
0: offer up something crazy to the baseball even, gods. Yeah. We, have to, we have to put some karma out think there, you know? That,
1: you'll do that slingshot. That slingshot no, uh, I'd rather ride around Wrigley naked than do that slingshot. I don't even think my own significant other wants to see me do that on the scooter.
0: Ryan and I will bail you out of the Addison Street police station. It's fine. <laughs>
1: uh, AKA Luke will bail you out, but yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we have a few minutes. So... Two things: um, the Cubs they released like coaching yeah. their coaching staff for next season officially. Uh, obviously, Dustin Kelly is on there, but the thing that stuck out to me was that Willie Harris is still going to be a third base coach. Yes, um, all the updates it's on the Cubs Twitter account or social media wherever I you can go check it, it out. out. Yeah, Ryan tweeted them out. You can go see it. Um, uh, then, again, I I, ju- I just think it's pretty interesting that Willie Harris isn't getting any interest from teams around the league. So, but I, I'm happy to have his vibes back at third base. Um yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean Jordan Dustin out. Kelly officially hitting coach. Uh
2: what also stuck out to me is now the Cubs have like multiple assistant hitting coaches cuz Johnny Washington had been there uh last season. Uh, but now Juan Cabreja uh, has been promoted. He's been there a long time. Um and he got promoted to uh hitting coach assistant hitting coach and uh Jonathan uh, Jonathan Mota, is a major league coach now he got promoted. I mean there's there's a, there's a couple uh Fun promotions to see from guys that have been there for a long time, um, yeah. but I'm not, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised that Willie Harris isn't is still there. Like I'm not surprised because it felt kind of White Soxer bust to me as mm-hmm. far as if he was going to be Fair a manager.
1: Um, and once that I went just thought away, that kinda was like, the likability of him around the league is was something that the, yeah. that teams would want because yeah. I've said it before. I feel like the manager is okay. Know how to manage a bullpen and bring vibes. Yeah, I, and, and bring like a roo like, get my players a play for me mentality. Yeah. And I think he does that. You'd I'm, have
0: to teach the new third – if they had to get yeah. a new third base coach, you'd have to teach him all of those, you know, home run celebrations. Yeah. If Patrick Wisdom is still on the team, you know, you He's have to a find jump. a guy who's going to be able to jump that high yeah. in the air. There's a lot of qualifications. You know, vibes yeah. are important. As Luke Stuckmeyer would say, and I've heard him say many times, it's all about the vibes. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Hey. I'm wondering if maybe teams want to see Willie Harris maybe – uh, in a bench coach role at some point, see right. how he does in there before he kind of moves up. The, I know he has managed in the minor leagues before, mm-hmm. um, The third base coach is kind of as high as he's gotten in the, in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's like a bench coach role in the future. I know he said that he would even like to take that next step, I you know, when I asked him about it um, and see what he could do there. He said he's learned a lot from Andy Green in that sense. Um, so maybe that's just the next step that he has to take before he kind of gets Truly, uh, true interest in, in uh, manage as a manager. When candidate. I think, uh, you know, I know like, he has before, but I don't know.
0: It's it's always hard to know like how much exactly these guys are doing or like what the value is. But like I'm glad that the Cubs have been able to keep Andy Green. Speaking of him for yeah. this long, you know, he had the managerial experience that didn't go that well in in San Diego, mm-hmm. uh, but everybody seems to speak very highly of him and like the experience he's bringing. And like you know, anytime these manager. They usually just cycle through a lot of the same managers, and he mm-hmm. hasn't gotten that call. Um, and so I'm glad the Cubs have been able to keep someone with that experience and that seems to have the reputation that yeah, he does well, in this group.
2: And it's that it's like with Tommy Hotovy too. Mm-hmm. Um, he continuity is he, he was is, pitching is coach when Joe yeah. Madden was still here. Uh, <laughs> you know. David Ross comes and he, he stays on, and now you are seeing that continuity pay dividends. I think because you're looking at what the pitching infrastructure is yeah. doing. Um, you hope. Th- you hope the hitting infrastructure is starting to catch up to that, but the pitching infrastructure is 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 working, and you can see that based on Tommy Hotovy being here for a while. Um, Daniel Moskis obviously bringing what he brings, but then, you know, all Craig Breslow and everything going up and down. Oh God, uh, Craig Breslow up and down. Just that whole system is doing is starting to work wonders, and you're seeing it as as those prospects move up through the system.
1: Yeah. Um, shout out to David Snyder. Cody Naked, no way, let him wear his underwear at least. I.
2: I'm not
0: – I'm not at, if we want Otani, we got to make – we yeah. got to put promises out there. We got to risk you know? it to get the biscuit. We'll find like.
1: out something if we – If, well, give me a week. I'll Jumping a in the
0: ice-cold lake. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to put things out into the universe that we're yeah. willing to contribute. We can't offer up yeah. any, any money yeah. or trade right. prospects. We have to – as a group, we have to do something, and I volunteered Cody. Biscuit, Cody. It seemed like the best, seemed like the best no, I would, I would Maybe so. draped in a W flag. Yeah,
2: like. <laughs> the W flag that, you, the, that says I have sleeping. to wear a
1: Molina jersey. Hell oh, no, <laughs> for
0: Otani? <laughs> no, yeah. I wouldn't even make him
1: do that. <laughs> you wouldn't do that for Otani? Come on, no, Cody, man. Oh, I wouldn't even. Oh, make I have a buddy who. Oh, There's
2: got to be something. I mean, we want Shohei Otani or not. It would he live on the internet,
1: and I no, I I can't no. I'm sorry. That's, okay, I thought it was
2: like he wore wear, wear a it. Molina as you're scootering around. All you have to do is wear a Yadier Molina jersey. On the show you're, for you're an being, hour. You are being kind of selfish. <laughs>
1: let me think about it. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Uh, last selfish. thing. Absolute last thing. The Yankees are expected to offer the qualifying offer to Rizzo, which is supposed to be $19.65 million. Um, I think because the qualifying offer is attached now, I think that kind of takes the Cubs out of it. So if anyone was Almost hoping assuredly. for it, uh, rest in peace. Uh, I was one of those people. Me too. Um, it is what it is. So it, I, I just don't think Jed is going to trade for a, or not sign a guy that they have to give a draft pick back that you already traded. It doesn't sound like something that he would do.
0: It's, it, it also seems like that leads more to, I don't know what the Yankees' plans are. They have bigger fish to fry with, like Aaron yeah. Judge, but like that's going to tamper his market. So it kind of seems like they probably figure something out that's a longer term there, situation. There, there may
2: also be because you're 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 getting the stuff. If, if Wilson Contreras leaves, you're getting the the draft pick through the qualifying offer that way. Um, but guys like I want to say Trey Turner is subject to the qualifying. offer. There's a couple shortstops that they may be going after that probably are going to be subject to a qualifying offer. I don't think Correa is. Um, right, Correa is not. Uh, he's not. Uh, I think I want to say like Bogarts and Turner are. I could be wrong about that. I know at least one of them is Bogarts um, is Bogarts is. So you may be just kind of trading draft picks through that with the Wilson and right. Bogarts. Now you add Rizzo in there. That's another loss of a qual- of a draft pick um, through a qualifying offer. So I, n- I never really saw it regardless, but
1: I'm putting it to bed. This, I, this I is- was hurt again.
2: You're welcome. This is the nailing. I'll, Cody's st- I'll
0: stop tweeting about yeah. it. And, you know, yeah, I'm
1: done. No more. I'm no done. more hope. Our hope is gone when it comes to Anthony. Well, One like,
0: you know, Mervis hits a home run every five minutes. And some he, he goes to a different league and just hits home runs every five minutes. I think yeah. he's going to be done soon for the offseason, <laughs> but he'll find a way to keep hitting home right. runs. So,
1: uh, Okay. This was fun. if you think that I took Luke's job, let us know in the chat. Or in the comments after the live chat is gone, if you're or if tweet you're, at us, yeah, or tweet at us. You know, I would love to know. You can start calling me Cody Stuckmeyer. That's totally fine. I will react to it. Let's um, call Mendo. Luke
0: Delmendo. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll be back tomorrow with uh, you know more updates. I'm sure there'll be more rumors. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey and Brennan will be, back, will be uh, Friday, um, so you'll get to hear him again. So you got to hear him twice this week. Congratulations. Um and Luke, sorry. Will, Luke will hopefully be back tomorrow, or it's just going to be me and you. You know? Oh, we got no. Be, do we no, do no, we have no, a guest no, tomorrow. We
2: do have a guest tomorrow. Um, Eugene McIntosh from the Bigs Media will be in okay. studio with us. Vibes. Um, Some people may remember uh, that video that went a little viral on Cubs Twitter of uh, David Ross kind of saying uh, there's a loyalty factor in why he was playing Jason Hayward earlier this summer. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure you remember yeah. that? Sure. That oh. was Eugene's video. So, okay. Bigs Media.
1: I have I have I have Here a little stuff Hawks to go, so Okay. That will be tomorrow. Make tomorrow, sure you tune in. One twenty. Thanks for dropping in to check out the CHGO Cups podcast. Fly the W, see you tomorrow.